0: Something is going on with our children today. What is going on in the country that's causing it? Today, we're going to talk about it. I'm Dr. Christy Wise, and this is Life Sauce.
1: Dr. Wise, something is going on in this country that seems to be affecting our children and not in a good way. Can you, can you categorize this? What is going on?
0: Yes, it is, and I, and and I'm sure that watching the news, everybody's feeling it. There's this temperature, this bubbling up, uh, this undercurrent for our kids, where there's frustration and angst and all of that stuff. And my feeling is is that they are being impacted by what's happening with our authorities. Do you know Just as if parents are fighting. And the, you know, shit rolls downhill and kids are impacted. I think what's happening with our government, and it doesn't matter what your political views are, is having a profound impact on this undercurrent and the temperature rising for our children.
1: There there seems to be a, a, a notion out there that you can do whatever the hell you want these days because there's not going to be any accountability. Where does that come from?
0: Yeah. I think one, people are tired, right? And they're also used to putting that responsibility or beginning to put that responsibility on other people. It's like, you know, when something good happens, it's us. When something bad happens, it's somebody else's fault. And I believe that people are not taking responsibility for their parenting in the way that they used to, as old as that sounds.
1: And it's happening not just here in California, where we're recording this, but all over the country. Um, is it coming from the parents first and foremost? I mean, they seem to have the most influence on our children, naturally. Um, so if that in fact is the case, what are the parents doing wrong, if we can put it that way?
0: Yeah. So, And I, I feel like it goes even above that because parents' level is uh, is heightened as well. But I think what we're doing wrong is that we're not slowing down enough and taking responsibility enough and being okay with sometimes our kids not liking us. Do you know? Like loving them enough to be okay with them not liking us.
1: You obviously have counseled um, parents and, and, and children, and you've been in this a, a number of years now. How has that trend line changed it, it, with respect to uh, how these kids are developing.
0: Oh yes, so uh, and it has in 30 years, right? I I'm retired and as a therapist and a, you know coaching and all that stuff. I've seen it in so many different directions, and how it's really changed is that we we went on this binge of wanting our kids to keep up, so so to speak, with the Joneses. Every sport, every volunteer, SAT pushing them so hard, just like we try to push ourselves sometimes too hard, but not spending enough time just being with them and loving them and having those organic connections and experiences with them, but living vicariously through them and wanting them to excel kind of created a disconnection.
1: It it used to be uh, TPing your neighbor's front yard or throwing a water balloon at the house. And I'm being a little overly simplistic here, but now it seems to have become violent. Yes, Kids are, teenagers are, are reaching out and becoming violent. They are hurting people. Um, they are, they are, they are robbing stores. They're, they're working in large groups in, in mobs to do all the wrong things and rarely are they ever caught or, or being held accountable. When did that change? It seems to be an, a newer phenomenon.
0: Yes, yeah, it does. And you know just as the parents are tired, our government is tired, our you know law enforcement, people are tired and and I think in that, there's not a lot of consequence. We say there are, but I think ultimately when the rubber meets the road, the consequence are, isn't as scary for the kids who are acting out and you know that's that's the other side of it the top of it is is that what's happening in the house the government and all of that stuff the ripple effect of that is huge and then with no responsibility or no consequence all of that frustration that bubbles up is is showing up in those behaviors
1: let's talk about the word woke <laughs> <laughs> Um it, it feels like that's become, the, you know, the, the, the guiding star for a lot of people. Everything we, we do and say must conform to what we think is this woke culture we're becoming. And that seems to be leading us away from doing the right thing all the time, rather than doing what just feels good at, at the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love the idea of us wanting to better ourselves, expand ourselves, include everybody, be aware. That's, it's fabulous. The problem is, is that it, we, we go so far that we forget to cover our basics. And I think that that's a a thin ice to skate on in terms of, you know, doing it. It's almost like not knowing always how to drive, but getting behind the wheel. There has to be some practice and rules and boundaries and, and consistency in education so that people can do it with confidence and from a place of honor, not from a place of just doing it.
1: How do you get your kids to come back from that if, if they've started to move in that direction?
0: I, I think that we have to be okay with upsetting them. I think that we have to be okay with them being unhappy with us sometimes and and being courageous enough that our identity as parents aren't so wrapped up in them that, you know, we're not paying attention to what they really need.
1: We, we expect the parents to be the biggest influence in our children's lives. Yeah. At, at least we hope they will be, and, yeah. and hopefully an influence for the good. But kids interact with all sorts of other people in their daily lives, teachers, Coaches, babysitters, tutors, you know, you name it. And they all have influence over them. So it's it's not just one person or one set of parents that are causing this phenomenon. It has to occur within that realm of all of the people that, that kids come in contact with. So let's take it one at a time teachers, how do they come into play here?
0: Teachers are huge. I mean, teachers are huge, right? It's who our children spend most of their day with. And, you know, to, to not um, um, appreciate them and treat them like that they are valuable, the teachers, by the way, they feel frustrated. And so that frustration shows up in the classroom. When we, when we, pay you know athletes so much more money than we pay our teachers and they're the ones that are shaping our children our future the message to them is you're not all that valuable so i think that we need to support our teachers i'm not saying we personally pay them if you you know but caring for them do you know making sure that if you go to starbucks on the way to school that they get a coffee too we we need to be more generous with them with one another
1: in the last year alone there's been an unprecedented number of students attacking teachers mm-hmm. and and in many cases unfortunately b- brutally when did that change that yeah. we that that students felt like they could do that mm. and 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 not be punished for it yeah it it happens far too often to be just a little isolated thing that may occur in one little corner of the country. It's happening all over the country, and it's happening very often.
0: Yeah, the, the acts are getting more and more egregious, more and more loud and bold. It's almost like a tantrum, right? If you take your kid to the grocery store and they want a candy bar, and you say no, they scream. And when you walk away, they scream even louder at first. The problem is, is that we've turned around too many times and handed candy. So they knew if they scream loud enough, they would get the candy eventually. I think we've been too permissive. you know. And because everybody wants to get it right, there's a lot of walking on eggshells and people are not speaking up. Teachers are seeing things. Authorities are seeing things. And not taking responsibility because they don't want to get involved, they don't want to get trouble, they don't want to, whatever it is, and and so the kids are screaming loud and getting the candy,
1: and, and somehow now kids are, are finding guns. Yeah. Mm. Um, what what does that say about that kid that he feels he needs to carry a gun with him? This isn't just happening in gang related neighborhoods it's happening in suburbia uh, as as well where does that come from
0: yeah yeah so i mean if you think back when you were a kid or a teenager you know i mean yeah we we, we do silly things we act silly we do we want attention but when a kid longs for such a, for attention in such a profound way what is going to get them more attention than doing something so egregious, right? Because they're no longer just getting attention for getting good grades or whatever it is. They want attention and it's not being given to them in the appropriate way. And so they're acting loud. They're screaming loud and getting our attention by doing those things that are going to make us look.
1: So what's missing in their upbringing that, that, that's causing this?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that we're not... Caring, not caring enough, because of course we care, we love our children, but I mean showing care. And I don't mean it in the terms of I drive them to sports every day. I'm showing, I'm saying caring about who they really are and nurturing who they want to be instead of just waiting for something to be wrong and then paying attention.
1: The pressure on parents today, and particularly um, single parents, is, is as great as it's been in, in many, many years. And it comes from all all areas, not just the social areas, but you know the, the financial as well. People are often working uh, two jobs or more. And as you have said so often, they're just tired. Yeah. And so the last thing they want when they come home from a hard day at, at work is confrontation with their kids. It's easier to take the simplest route, which is just to ignore it. But that's wrong. That's yeah. going to have a detrimental effect, will it not?
0: Yes. Oh, it'll, absolutely. But and you know what? You asked me earlier what's changed, and as you're you know talking about that, I'm thinking, yeah. You know, I would say many years ago, where extended family mattered. You know, the whole idea of it takes a village. You know, people cared, and you know the the kid that got caught stealing a candy bar at the local store the owner used to hold him by his hand and walk him home and make him admit that he did so. like er, people cared they showed care and not just to their own children and i think that we've gotten so self evolved uh, revolved i don't know like we're focused on ourselves and not on our neighbor or whatever it is that we've stopped caring for one another
1: what are you finding in y- in your practice what what are what are parents telling you about um uh- their lives their children uh do do they do they admit that perhaps they're part of the problem and they're looking for some solutions
0: no there's a lot of just dropping off and i'll pick you up in 50 minutes and which you know is and and he's oh he's still doing it and she's still doing it or you know like during covid there was a lot of zoom and facetime uh coaching sessions and uh, the parents aren't as involved as they should be. And, and I understand the idea of wanting to give them their privacy, and they should, of course. But I also think that 50 minutes out of the whole week is not what's going to do it, that w- the parents need to be involved, and there needs to be open conversations about what's happening, what, what everybody wants to happen. And by the way, just because the parents want it to happen doesn't mean the kid wants that to happen that way.
1: Well, the parents are expecting you to solve the problem, but the kid is going back into the same situation he just left. Yes. So it doesn't really make any sense, does it?
0: No, it doesn't make sense. And imagine that kid who isn't being heard there and then goes to school and isn't being heard or seen. And by the coaches aren't being heard and seen. And by the so-and-so and and by the so-and-so. And And then all of a sudden, they're going to do something to be seen. You will see me when I do this. You'll remember me or you'll know me. And without that frontal lobe and decision-making and all of that and impulse control, they do stupid shit. But it's getting bold and scary and and there's no going back, right? I mean, like the stuff that's happening is is terrifying. And so I think that as human beings, as not just parents, but as a community, as a state, as a country – We need to care. And it doesn't matter what your political views are and all that bullshit. It's about caring for human beings.
1: And then you add into the mix um, social media, the pressures that brings kids tied to their devices uh, at levels we've never seen before. To the point now, I I don't know if you're aware of this or not. There, there, There is a woman who is charging $400 an hour to parents. To teach their children how to talk on a telephone.
0: Oh my God! And she's booked solidly. Are you kidding?
1: I'm not kidding, and that's that. Yes. Just is yeah. the worst thing I can I yes. can I can think of. But it's it's. I mean, anytime you've you've walked into a restaurant and saw everybody at the same table yeah. on their devices. Yes. Um. We've lost all those social skills and social graces. Yes. And it's only going to get worse because. The, the culture is so loud out there. The media is so loud. It it, it speaks at a volume well beyond that of a parent or a yeah. teacher or a guardian. Yes. So how do we protect our children? I mean, bottom line, we want to protect our yes. children. Yes. But it's an uphill battle because there are so many forces against us.
0: Yes, and, and you're exactly right. And when I'm talking about care, I'm even thinking about that as well. That, you know, they don't know how. And and by the way, the pressure that's put on them, the depression, the anxiety, the angst because of social media, if you've read any of the research, is astronomical. It is not in any way helping them. It's not. And I understand that it's the culture and that's what they're doing. But I think that the lessons are in what to do with it. It's almost like... Um, what, what is the term where you're, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing? Using that platform to make a difference, you know, teaching them that their voice, their feelings, their the things that matter in their world matter and can be then expressed maybe through that, not just what shoes or what you're having for breakfast or who's going to that party, but their thoughts on what's happening in the world.
1: I saw something... It was rather distressing the other day it was a man on the street interview and um he was interviewing uh teenagers mostly and the question was if you could only have one either tiktok or the right to vote oh which would you pick
0: wow and
1: yeah. i think 99 percent of the kids said wow. they want tiktok
0: yeah yeah because that that immediate gratification, literally every time, every single time, you don't even have to open, turn your phone on. Every time you pick up your phone, you release dopamine and serotonin. It's the feel good, right? And your neurotransmitters literally respond. It, It is absolutely an addiction and we're not treating it like an addiction, but it is an addiction. And even more so, if you're going on you have the release of dopamine and serotonin. Then you're getting likes or whatever it is. It is immediate. And what's happening in the government feels so far removed from them, like it's not their burden or responsibility, and and in a lot of ways shameful because they see a future that seems ridiculous, oh, you know, adults that fight like that.
1: There seems to be um, a, a couple of uh, different schools of thought among uh, counselors like, like yourself, when it comes to helping uh, parents rid their kids of that uh, electronics habit. Yeah. One school is you, you got to go cold turkey. You got to take away the devices and not let them have it and get used to that. The other school is wean them off of it gradually. Uh-huh. Where do you fall?
0: I like the idea of weaning. I do, because I think with cold turkey, there's anger and frustration, but it needs to be replaced by something that, even if they act like it's not enjoyable, is, right? So if you and I went to the beach and we dug a hole in the sand, if we didn't put something there, more sand would just fill it. We need to replace it with something that has a little bit of value to them. And by the way, they're not going to admit this, but, oh, it's family time, or we go camping, or we go on vacation, or we do a picnic in our living room, or what movie night, or whatever it is that we're replacing it with something. Cause if they're just a lot of parents just take away the phone, but they replace it with nothing, what does that leave them to do other than to outsmart us in how to get it? And they will and they do outsmart us. I don't I can't if I had a dollar for every time a parent said, he doesn't know my passwords, and the kid laughs when the door closes and said, Of course I know the passwords. Of course they watch this or do that or you know, and they're not doing it here. They're doing it in the bathroom at school with 90 of their friends. So the idea is to, yes, replace it with something that has value and adds meaning to their life.
1: Uh, the, the biggest pressure kids seem to face these days, and, and it was the same with us when we were growing up, is peer pressure. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do is, is take away a, a, a kid's uh, uh, smartphone when all of their friends are not only using theirs, but that's their main means of communicating and yeah. keeping in touch with everybody. So it almost sounds like it's an uphill battle that just cannot be won or can it be?
0: Yeah, that's a great question and you're right. We don't want to have them exclude themselves but I am gonna say that if we don't help them develop more of a sense of identity, then we leave it to them. And you know if you don't have any identity or it's it's limited and then that's taken away what are you left with? So supporting them and expanding their sense of self and their identity, as bizarre as that sounds, is so important. So they can have both. You know, it's almost like the person who knows that they can, and I use nachos all the time because it's my favorite, but that if I exercise, I can have nachos. There's some balance there. And, and the balance needs to be included with our parenting and in loving our kids and in raising and teaching our kids.
1: How, how successful um, have, have your clients been in uh, changing the attitudes and the culture of, of their children? I mean, it seems to me that um, a lot of them are going to walk away thinking they're going to take your advice mm-hmm. and, and do what you suggest. Yeah. But then they find out it's too hard because the kid is so resistant. And again, the last thing they want is that confrontation. Yes. Uh, uh, does that happen? most yes. of the time all of the time some yes. of the time
0: and unless and, and, and i have to say in terms of some of my clients they're extraordinary because they come in not because always there's a problem but because they want things to be better and they recognize that paying attention to that and caring for it is an ongoing thing if you want a six-pack you want abs you cannot just do sit-ups for a week It just isn't how we work. And so you want to be a strong, consistent parent. Then you surround yourself with the coaches, therapists, friends, family that support you in doing that consistently over time because that's what they need. It's easy to be great when we're feeling good. It's hard to be great and consistent when we feel like shit. And so we we let it drop. We let it fall off. We leave it alone. And the kids are like, "Woo!" You know, that's why when you ground a kid, and the parents are like, "Oh, forget it, you can go out," because they, you know, they, they, they stop. But so get that support. Get get somebody on your team that's going to hold your feet to the fire consistently, not just when you're great, but through time.
1: Help us look inside the the mind of a, a typical American teenager these days. Um, you advise a parent to do certain things they try to implement those things and their kids hate them immediately and they they say that I hate you right Mm -hmm. but what's going on inside the kid's mind and will that attitude change over time if the parents are at least consistent in one area and doing what you suggest which is to fill those other spaces with positive things
0: yes I do and you know and this is this is kind of hardcore but as parents it's it is our fault in that we stop embracing our own humanity and so we we pretend as if we're something that we're not like you know our kids see us these these kids are brilliant they they know and when they're frustrated they see the they see the inconsistencies you know if if you act high and mighty like you always know the right thing to do but yet i watch you break the law when you drive then it's like a fuck you kind of thing like why do you want me to follow all the rules but every day of our lives i watch you not you complain about what's happening in the government i don't see you go vote you complain about trash you don't i don't see you pick up a wrapper so it's it's our fault in that we don't own some of our own stuff so they don't they're frustrated with us and behind closed doors I'm going to tell you that's what i hear
1: our, our culture has always changed over time it seems to be happening more rapidly now mm-hmm. there're just so many external influences that mm-hmm. affect our children our families our, our our lives in 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 general and it's almost impossible to block out this stuff because so much of it is necessary for the way in which we work and play and and educate ourselves. We need a certain amount of these devices. Everything is moving in that direction. And it seems to be almost an impossibility to break that addiction. At what point does this reach critical mass?
0: Oh, it is, Uh, it is. And if if the, so to speak, head of the houses don't get it together. It does continue because, you know, like I said, shit rolls downhill and it is, but I'll tell you what we can do to let a little steam out, like, you know, let some of the bubbles out is by teaching them, giving them skills to get rid of some of the frustration, to manage some of the frustration. If, if just once a week, you know, a family sat down to dinner. And by the way, it doesn't... The family could be whatever you want. It can include neighbors. It can include friends. It doesn't have to just be mom and dad or whatever it is. But that they have the freedom to be flawed. So like in in my house, we do some, we used to do when the kids were small, high, low, and medium. What's your high point of the day? What's your low point of the day? What's the medium? And there are ground rules. Nobody can judge and nobody can get in trouble. So if my son sat down and said, my high point was, you know, football practice was fun. My low point was I totally failed the math test. Do you know what I mean? Or what I ditched class and I got caught and I wasn't sure how to tell you then it's important that there's one place where he gets to be that and do that. Now, by the way, I'm not going to say that later on we won't have a conversation or I won't now be smart about him ditching school or getting an F in math or whatever it is, but he's not going to get yelled at or judged at that table because, in fact, that was his low point of the day, and it relieves a little bit of that stress.
1: It it seems so simple and harkens back to a, 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 another time, in our lives, you you just merely had a conversation with your kids and asked them about their lives, yes. their day, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, what they're experiencing instead of just preaching at them yeah. all the time. Yeah,
0: and that's what they get. Imagine if you, you told your parents that you were finally thinking about having sex and you were terrified and your parent used that opportunity to shame you or to ground you or to start putting your friends down or your boyfriend down or why in the world would you want to open up? You know, and the parenting moment is more in Helping your kids see their value. Is this your time? Is this how you want your story to go? How? Where are you emotionally? Where are you physically? Are you safe? Are you? How can I help protect you? Like giving them the tools to assess and do their own oil and water.
1: As a counselor, is there any way you can predict what kind of parents these kids are going to be?
0: Well, no. I, I it. Well, uh, we do as we're as we see, right? So there's a very good chance that these kids a- in you know, in what's happening that that that's more it, it becomes intensified, like the pendulum swings, right? And so I'm hoping that the pendulum swings, but not so far that it's out of control. And so, yes, what I see is that they become bigger versions of us I, I I don't know about you but I I feel like I' have a better version of my parents and I hope that my kids are a much better version of me and so on and so forth but that means then there has to be some intention so that we're helping them go that direction.
1: I've always found it interesting that when you when you hear about uh, uh, the people that that run Microsoft or Google or Apple, any of these high-tech companies, um, those that are parents almost universally will tell you that they severely limit the amount of time their children can use the devices. Yes. What is that telling us? What, yes. do, what are we missing? What do they know that we don't know?
0: Right, yeah, because they see the, the innards. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they see what's happening because they're up close and personal, and they recognize the value of their business But they also see the impact that it has, I'm certain, in in their everyday lives. Um, And so I think that we should take those warnings. (laughs) We should, you know, like, oh, they know something. Let's pay attention.
1: So we always like to conclude with some sort of a a checklist. Uh, We know that in this short amount of time, we can't settle all the problems of the world. But you can at least give... Parents, particularly, a, a, a starting point. Yeah. What should they be looking for, and how should they react to what's going on around them? What, yeah. What's that? What's that checklist look yeah. like?
0: Well, the checklist is to pay attention to the bubbling up, the energy of what's happening out in the world and in inside their homes. Like, pay attention. Um, the other is to just choose to implement one thing, just one. One thing that will connect you and your kids and something that will add value to them. It doesn't matter if it's not your thing, you know, if you don't like to play basketball or you don't want to go, you know, build a skateboard ramp or whatever it is, pay attention to who they are and what you can participate in and be present to them. If you want them to put the phone down, put the fucking phone down and go and be with them. Just just one thing implement, and you will see a difference.
1: What's step two, do you know? Yeah, yes,
0: (laughs) yes. Step two is to to allow some space for them to get to evolve. We are so busy on molding them the way we think they should that we don't pay attention to who they really are so that they can be a better version of themselves. For more information, go to our website, lifesauce.com. That's life-sauce.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media. I'm Dr. Christy Wise. Thanks for joining us.